What's the podcast that's got everybody saying OWP? That's right. It's the O Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, CW. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to hit that bell on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast on any and all platforms. How you guys doing? Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're digging deep into a topic that will probably divide a lot of folks. It is the best finishers in WWE history. (gasps) We're doing it. We're finally doing it. We had a podcast episode way back when. uh, The seven best moves that could be used as finishers. But that's, that's so specific. So niche. Let's get right into the meat of the situation. The meat. Best WWE finishers of all time. Now, hotly debated topic. We're getting our names in there too. O Wrestling Podcast is throwing our hat in the ring to give you the best, the top 10 finishers in WWE. Hands down. Now, many people are going to (laughs) call this list bunk. They're going to say, I don't know what I'm talking about. They are going to say, I missed very key finishers in the history of WWE. History of WWE is very wide and vast. And they're going to say, you missed X, Y, and Z. I get it. But I do have a list of criteria that I base these moves on. I'll give you this the, the top 10. And then I'll give you the rules and break down why each one was selected. So let's get into it. We're two minutes in. Let's... Let's hit this list. Number one is the RKO. Come on, guys. Number two, the Stone Cold Stunner. Number three, the DDT by Jake the Snake Roberts. Number four, Sweet Chin Music. Number five, the Spear. Number six, the Ankle Lock. Number seven, the Lion Tamer. Number eight, the elbow drop. Number nine, the clothesline from hell. And finally, number 10, the punt. There you go. There's your top 10 list. We got it out the way. We went two minutes in. I gave you the list. Now, I'm waiting for you to stop yelling at me. I know what you're saying. You didn't put in the choke slam or you didn't put in the pedigree or you didn't put in the blah, blah, blah. Of course. I mean, this is my list. I put in with what I thought was the best. And to be fair, I'm sure you can't argue with a lot of the entries on that list, but you can definitely say I didn't put in certain things. So allow me to give you the criteria for choosing this list and then you can continue to be upset about it because I know you won't care. But here we go anyway. We got to fill 10 minutes. Here are the rules I use to kind of frame this list. Number one, each move had to look devastating. All these moves look painful as hell. One of the staples of WWE is pulling off moves that look like they're going to hurt the person and don't. These two two people have trusted themselves, their lives with each other. And they pull off these moves that look like you've absolutely ruined this person for the rest of their life. You've given them brain damage. You've you've ruined them. And they're fine. The move has to look devastating. Number two, 
the move must be capable of taking out any opponent. That means it can be Rey Mysterio or The Undertaker or Santos Escobar or Omos or Brock Lesnar or friggin' name another person, Rhea Ripley. This move has to be able to take out all of them. Number three, it can be hit from anywhere in or outside the ring. That kind of narrows down quite a few moves, but mostly top rope moves, I think, uh, or any uh, middle rope moves. There aren't a whole lot of those, but the ones that you like that come from there, they're gone. So if you're outside the ring and you're, you know, two and a half feet out of the radius of the person doing a top rope moves, a top rope move, uh, you've effectively removed their finisher. Next, the move cannot be lift dependent. Ah, there's the the shining rule that has governed a whole lot of this. You're like, what? Oh, oh, okay, fine. What does lift dependent mean? It means you don't have to lift someone up. That's a hard thing to, you know, parse in your mind. You have to pick up someone to drop them down. It's definitely a spectacle. I mean, one of the you know, some of the biggest people in the industry have made a career on other, like tiny people picking them up and dropping them, right? It's kind of a, it was a huge thing in the 80s, just picking up Andre the Giant, slamming him. These days, if, you know, Brock Lesnar is F5 and everybody, F5 is a fantastic move. Only Brock Lesnar can do it. There's no, there's no, well, not, not that there's no other person, but there's fairly few people who can do that move as effectively as Brock Lesnar has done. And if we came up with a list of, you know, moves that had lift dependencies in it, you know, Undertaker would be on the list, Kane would be on the list. I mean, all the giant body dudes would be on the list because they're capable of picking up everybody. But Shawn Michaels can't pick up everybody. Bret Hart couldn't pick up everybody. Ricochet can't pick up anybody. So <laughs> that's mean. Um, so I wanted to frame it in this move. And here's a better, not a better, but here's a different way of framing it. Let's say there's an up and coming wrestler uh, and they need a finisher and you're an old school wrestler. It's like 40 years from now. And they call you up and say, can I use my, can I use your move? If your move is versatile enough that any sized person can use it and it can be devastating, it's a great move. That's my opinion. Um, that's why the RKO or the stunner can be a like a legacy. It can be passed down. It was just passed down. Kevin Owens has the stunner now. Stone Cold passed it down to him, and he's capable of doing it. Randy Orton is not yet retired, but I think when he does, if at some point his son, one of his sons, goes into wrestling and they're like, I'm going to use my dad's move, they can do that. Or he can pass it on to somebody else. It's versatile. So versatility had a big part in my list. Now, if we head, head back to the list, RKO was at the top. I was debating putting Stone Cold Stunner at the top, and then I wasn't. RKO is definitely the greatest finisher, and it's it has less to do with what the move is and more of the pedigree that, ha, pedigree, uh, more of the pedigree that Randy Orton has kind of wrapped it in. Right, Randy Orton made that move 
uh, incredible. And it was already great. It was the diamond. It was a cutter. It was the diamond cutter. It was, you know, whatever you want to call the move before it was the RKO. But Randy Orton took it to another level by putting it in positions that made it great. That that uh, Seth Rollins stomp to an RKO, legendary. Evan Bourne doing his, uh, what is it? Not the sunset flip. I can't remember what he did. He was like a bat flip and then Randy Orton caught him in midair and, and uh, landed the RKO. And listening to the story of that move where Evan Bourne said, yeah, we didn't practice that. He just said, "I'm, you should do this. And then he did it. And then we did it on the day. They didn't practice that thing. And it happened. That's what makes the RKO the greatest. Uh, Stone Cold Stunner is closely behind. But, I mean, how do you argue Stone Cold being anywhere near the top? I'm, I'm sure people say Stone Cold Stunner is number one. And that's fine, too. But every, every other move on this list is something that you can either pass down to someone else or you can hit on anybody. The DDT by Jake the Snake is incredible and he can put it on anybody. The Lion Tamer, same deal. The Spear, you can hit it on anybody. All these moves can be as devastating as you want them to be. They can hit any opponent. They can be passed down and they don't require you to be a crazy muscle person. So that is our list. Man, this episode went by really fast. That is our list of the best WWE finishers of all time. Let me know what you think in the comments. I appreciate your time. I'm sure you have your own opinions on what should be on that list. So let me know. Thank you so much for listening. And don't you ever forget. I'm your friend. But if I ever see you in the ring, I can beat you. Don't you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.